The views presented in this podcast are solely the opinions of the hosts and do not represent the official policies or positions of Island Waves or its editors. On this episode of Izzy's Backyard, I interview Coach Lee Scott, the head strength and conditioning coach for Texas A&M Corpus Christi. We talk about health and wellness for student-athletes and discuss some hot topics in the news. Cue the music, Izzy. I, sitting at my desk, uh, certainly had the authorities to, to wiretap anyone. For- I don't know, she was trying to say spoon, but she was like, spoon, spoon, spoon. Backyard, and I'm joined with Coach Lee Scott. He's the uh, head strength and conditioning coach for Texas A&M Corpus Christi, and this will be our second attempt at recording this episode. So um, bear with me, but I think I've got everything right. I hopefully it, it sounds a lot better. Um, but uh, the first question, um, just kind of tell me like your roadmap to how you got to A&M Corpus. Um, what was involved with that and, um, and, uh, kind of like what, what got the ball rolling to get you here? Cause we, we met at A&M Kingsville right. and, uh, I, I think it's important for people to know, you know, how you got here. For sure. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, thanks for having me, man. Uh, it's good to see you again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we can knock this thing out. I know, time, right. But, uh, always, always fun, fun to come and reach out. Catch up. Get involved in, in the community. Mm-hmm. Like this is so, yeah, um, a little bit about myself. You know, played sports growing up my whole life. Uh, five sports in high school, and then was blessed enough to have the opportunity to play collegiate football. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Started at Northwestern State, was there for about three years. Transferred down after I uh, kind of went through a series of unfortunate events with injuries mm-hmm. and had the opportunity to get a year back if I transferred two schools so I went to Midwestern State in Wichita Falls Texas and um, in that time after I transferred enough credit hours uh, came across that I could have uh, I was able to finish my bachelor's degree early mm-hmm. and uh, had the opportunity to start a master's degree and had I not transferred I would have never even considered that an option so you know kind of a blessing in the skies and started my master's degree finished up my uh, collegiate football mm-hmm. career and then kind of chased professional football around for a little and while that, and that was a master's in, in what uh, yeah, I got a, so a master's in exercise physiology. Exercise physiology. Yeah, my bachelor's was actually just uh, applied arts and sciences. Mm-hmm. Um, took a bunch of summer school to get that that degree. Got and started the master's degree. Yeah, so um, wrote a thesis and mm-hmm. all that type of stuff, and never ever imagined that I was going to do that, man. So uh, you know, big fellow upstairs works in mysterious ways for sure. Um, but being uh, having been granted that opportunity educationally, I felt like I'd set myself up to be have a better opportunity of being successful um, in, in the real world. And, and in doing that, I, I had a sense of comfort and um, an ability to kind of chase my dream a little bit from a professional football perspective. And went to a couple combines and made, uh, played a little bit of arena ball. Nothing ever really stuck. And, uh, you know, that's, that, was, that was okay. I went through the process. I can look back, and, and I definitely um, value all those experiences. And then one day I get a call from an uh, old coach that I – uh, played underneath and worked with a little bit at Midwestern State when I was a graduate assistant there uh, as a strength conditioning uh, graduate assistant. And uh, he says, I need to apply for this job in Kingsville. They just got on staff over there, and they're looking for somebody to come around the show. And so I called and interviewed, and then they brought me on campus. And, you know, uh, 
it was uh, an amazing opportunity. I mean, I was 27, maybe 28 at the time. No, you were. Yeah. You were 27? 26, 27. Oh, you're younger than. I always think you're older for some reason. Yeah, because I act like an idiot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I was a young kid, man, and that was my first full-time position. I was a director, and and um, and I didn't really know what I was getting into, for being honest. You know, I was the only full-time coach there for over 300 athletes, you know, including football. Um, I taught two kinesiology classes as well, because half of my salary came from kinesi. And we just kind of built it from the ground up. I was up. in one of your classes. So, I mean, you know, and, and you saw it firsthand, man. And so you saw the, the good days and the bad and, and kind of what it takes to to make it in this profession. And, you know, I wouldn't have changed, I wouldn't change anything. You know, I, I learned so much in that place. I was treated with so much respect and was given so much responsibility. It's, it's a great field because you're always learning something. And, oh. and there's always an ability to tweak something you know for the better precisely yeah you know i work with one of the most amazing canvases ever created and that's the human body right and it's just unreal what we're capable of and so i constantly get to have the i constantly have the opportunity to um to show and allow others to see what they're capable of that they never thought they'd be able to so Kingsville for three years, uh, assistant job came open here. Very good friend of mine and mentor, Richard Burnett, kept kept bugging me and pestering me. We had met at a conference, and he knew he knew deep in his heart that I was the guy uh, for that role. Um, he was very patient with me and, and gave me the opportunity to walk, walk through that process. And, you know, after due diligence, I felt that it was the right opportunity, came up here. And, you know, unfortunately, but fortunately, got to only spend about a year and a half with him and then I was uh, elevated to the director position once he had a, found a better opportunity for him and his family. Um, and, and man, it's been a, just a whirlwind ever since. And, you know, once again, it was, you know, a commitment from the administrators and the coaches to trust a, a, you know, a young gentleman. A lot of time, too, man. Yeah, you know, but to trust me, really. You know, I, it's, I think that's an important thing that sometimes I, 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 sure, I want to make sure I don't overlook that, you know, that, they, they were humble enough to trust me and I was humble enough to believe in myself that I was going to be able to do the, do the job. And, uh, and then here I am, man, you know, here I am. And so made a lot of small changes, um, just kind of every day trying to find a way to make things just a little bit better so that the opportunities that, are, that I can provide these young student athletes, um, and the opportunities that they have in front of them, they can maximize. Right. And that's ultimately what it's all about. Right. Well, um, since you touched on um, um, health of the athletes, let's let's move down to um, talking about mental health of athletes in college sports. Um, the big discussion right now, and it's been for a while, is, is concussions in football, and you know if if there's anything that's really being that's been in place that's really preventative of that. Um, so just kind of like give me your your take on on mental health as far as like the physical things, not just football, but then also the mental side, like what these student athletes deal with. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of like you already stated, it's, it's a very um, hot button topic right now. Um, and as it should be, I mean, anything that involves the health and well-being of, of, of young people in any, in any human anyway, in any position is, is extremely important. I think it's encouraging um, that, student athletes are kind of taking up a little bit of a role in that. And that the NCAA as a governing body is, is listening and being 
um, open to hearing what they're saying and trying to find um, new avenues and new ways to support them and, and, basically, and give them all of the resources they need to, to remain in a place that is uh, safe and healthy and, um, and gives them the opportunity to, to maximize the small period of time that they have in, in collegiate yeah. athletics. Um, f from the football perspective and concussions, uh, I think it's good that we're talking about it. I mean, I think it's something that, that you have to be aware of. Yeah, it's and, still relatively new, like young in conversation. Yeah, I would say it's relatively new, but the thing that's in, kind of interesting about the conversation is there's, there's still a ton of data out there. So yeah. it's like, it's a new topic, but I think there's a lot of information uh -huh. out there that just needs to be kind of, you know, dove into and yeah. really looked at and, and sifted through. I yeah, guess, it's, it's moving in the right direction, Correct. definitely. Because if think about when you were playing collegiate football, right? Yeah. And then when I was playing, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's moving along slowly. Slow progressions. You know, and, and I don't know that we'll, it'll ever... If, if, if you want to be completely honest, I don't know that sports, and I won't, I won't even just say just sports, it's never going to be safe. Like, yeah. because it, you're in an environment that's not controlled. You know, you're you're chasing a ball or you're, you know, chasing a person or something. There's there's nothing that's really controlled. All these variables are moving at the same time. And there's and there's these objectives that are trying to be um, you know, completed. And, and there's so many variables that you can't control when the objective's trying to be completed, right? And so, and that's why we train. That's why we become more aware of what happens within those within those arenas. And you try to prepare um, the individuals that are going to be in those arenas to be less susceptible to harm. That's that's ultimately the goal through you know through strength and conditioning, right? And so, becoming more aware of of, of the the stress that's applied on these individuals can help us then to prevent some of these things that are occurring. Um, but completely having a safe space where you know that you know, you're going to be able to step out on the floor, step out on the court or, you know, on the diamond or on the field and be able to walk off and, and nothing bother you. I don't think that'll ever occur. And I think, I think that needs to be understood. Yeah. There's, I, there's ways to like be preventative and, yeah, you and can, be prepared. And be prepared. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You be preventative, be prepared. And also don't put any individuals in harm. That's exactly. <laughs> yeah. the first thing. Yeah. Right. But um, you also just need to be, be educated in it like you know you're you are taking a chance you're you are taking a chance when you go out there and you and you decide that you're going to perform in this arena that you know something could go in a, you know, something could go in a way that you, you would not yeah. want it to go and things are changing like like in football for instance we have there's new rules you know protecting the quarterback some some of those rules aren't you know <laughs> accepted very yeah you know with with uh rousing applause but you know, there's new rules that are in place now that are helping protect athletes. Precisely. Um, and I think because football is moving in that direction, other sports are starting to kind of follow the lead. Um, you see it in basketball. There's, mm -hmm. there's new technical foul, mm -hmm. you know, calls. And um, I think it's all, or, you know, it's all a movement in the right direction Correct. to protect the athletes because before it felt like, athletes were were kind of being used a little bit for for maybe coaching objectives and they were you know expendable a little bit yeah you could see i mean you could see how there's definitely individuals out there that if you don't place the utmost value on 
the individual in which you're coaching or the individuals in which that are performing, then then you can do harm. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Exactly. And so uh, what is kind of sad is there are individuals out there that do that. Uh, sometimes at a fault, sometimes they don't realize it. And sometimes it, it's a, it's kind of a little bit of a, of a character thing. They're going through a pride thing that they're, they're having to deal with. Um, Cause there's an extreme amount of pressure in sports, right? Yeah. Extreme from amount. every it's direction. Un, it's unreal. Mm-hmm. And as much as, you know, the student athlete is feeling the coach is feeling that as well, because at the end of the day, when they go down and lay, you know, the bed at night, they're counting on you know, 18 to 21, 22 year old individuals to provide them security, <laughs> right? I mean, for being completely honest with it. Um, but that aspect of it can't dictate how they coach these kids. Can't dictate how we interact and um, and lead and uh, and basically cultivate um, these individuals. Uh, that, that can't be the, the most important thing. And if it is, uh, we probably won't be doing this for a very long time. In my in my in my personal opinion. And I think that's where, like you, like you kind of stated, the NCAA, you know, certain legislations and, and certain governing bodies are trying to step in and, and create um, better protocols and procedures um, and kind of and rule placements to, to, to create an arena that is more an environment that is a little bit safer to yeah. compete in. And that's, yeah. and that's always great. I think that's mm-hmm. always a good thing. Yeah. Well, uh, let's talk about um, more on the mental health of things. Mm-hmm. Because you're dealing with these athletes every day, and it's um, it's something that's not easily seen right away. You can tell if performance is happening maybe because of a, a physical injury. You can tell if that's taxing a player um, or an athlete. Um, it's it's more visible than, than maybe something that's mental and something that a student athlete is dealing with because they're dealing with their, their schooling and all the pressures of studying and homework mm-hmm. and all that. Yeah. And then they're dealing with juggling that with a social life as well as sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the mental side of things is also the mental health perspective is gaining a ton of ground and a, um, you know, a ton of, a lot more, I guess you would say, influence in the in, in the way that it's being handled you know i think in the past sometimes we did we were kind of negligent of, of recognizing yeah. you know how important that part of development was and, and how 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 important it was for us to be aware of it yeah. right like that, that all these things are really occurring and it's stuff that you you say but sometimes you don't put a big emphasis on so i think the emphasis on mental health has grown tremendously in the last couple of years and that's a huge positive for for us as coaches and, and for student athletes and, and you're right like it's those those are things that sometimes you don't see like you you, you don't really know what's going on it can be masked um they have but, such a big effect because of just just like the ratio you hear it all the time when you're in sports is a lot of it's just mental it's like 90 percent yeah, mental yeah, right yeah. you know you hear about that ratio and and i think that's why it's a big deal for student athletes exactly and i think that's why it's a big deal for us as coaches mm-hmm. to develop relationships with these individuals in in such a way that we can uh, they can feel comfortable and can confi- and confiding in us to a certain degree and that we will 
make the right decisions for them and put them in positions to get the help that they need from the from the right places with the right protocols and the, and the right professionals in place. Um, if you if the if the individual doesn't feel safe and doesn't have enough trust and doesn't have a, a strong enough relationship to kind of invite you in to that to that whatever's occurring, um, it it can be very difficult to get them help. Um, but as a coach, as and as you know, in a in a, as a person in an authoritative position, I have to be aware of those things, and I have to try to look for signs and cues and different things. So that even if the individual doesn't come to me, I can go to them, and I can kind of try and feel feel what's, out what's uh, going on. Uh, you mentioned uh, the last time we talked is like a survey that you guys do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What is that? So, so one of the things that we do to try and help uh, provide us with information that will ultimately benefit the student athlete is it's called a daily wellness questionnaire, um, and it's you know it measures everything from like academic anxiety to training soreness to amount of meals you had that day, amount of sleep you had that day, um, you know, uh, your mood, um, and just different things of that nature. And so you can go back, you can look, and if, if an individual is starting to show a trend um, towards the you know, towards the more ne- you know, negative side of things, uh, you have a little bit of evidence to kind of go and speak with them and try to intervene and help in the best way that you can. I think for me, in my position, it's it's recognizing it, being aware of it, acknowledging it, you know, bringing it up, and then getting the individual the, the, to the right people that can help them the ways that they need to be helped. Um, I have a very specific scope in what I'm technically qualified to do, and so I have to make sure that I remain in that scope, but that I'm aware of all the others, all the other scopes, and that I can get uh, these student-athletes into the arenas that they need to be into get the help that they need and, uh, and that's like once again where that relationship piece um, is so important uh-huh. but yeah, yeah. The, the, the questionnaire helps a ton and then just you know different performance variables that you can kind of evaluate um, can also kind of help in that in that, in that realm but, but uh, yeah it's 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 changing and it's and it's changing for the better and, and it's and it's a conversation I think that's what's more important is that people are talking about it we're not just pretending that these these kids aren't going through tremendous amounts of stress, right? Like just like you already said when you you know asked the question, and it, it's hard to really imagine um, the demands on a student athlete until you are one, right? It's in and you can talk about it all day long, but it's just like an experience. Like if you have an experience and you tell me about it, I can get an idea of what it's like, but I don't really know. And so until I've went through something like that or or had you know had an experience similar to that. I'm not really going to be able to relate to you and, 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 to the, and to the level that you you have had it. And I think that's uh, what we have to understand. We have we can't just always take everything for face value. We've got to be able to kind of walk through this process and know that if somebody's saying something, um, we can't just be like, oh, well, that's not that big a deal. Well, yeah. it, it, is to the, it could be a very big deal to them, and, and, and it's, and it's their, their perspective on it and their evaluation of it, and uh, in that – has to be validated because it's, exactly. it's them, right? Yeah, so. and if you if you kind of catch, you know, at least a vibe before something does happen, maybe you can be at least more preventative. Even though, because you're like you said, your your scope is more physical, you know, like fit the fist side. So what you do is preventative in that sense, and then if 
if you feel like a player might be um, maybe extremely tired or something because they were studying last night and they didn't get sleep or they went through a breakup and it's like just obvious in their, you know, their vibe that they're just not into the workout, then you can tell. And, and I think even though, like I said, you're not a psychologist, um, in a way what you're doing is helping me with the mental health yeah, aspect. And I right? think, yeah, I mean, when you're, what I really, what I really do is, you know, aside from just think, talking about the physical, it's, it's athletic performance. My, my number one objective is, A, keep the athlete safe and ability to continue to play the game and then enhance their capabilities of performance. That's, that, that's, that's it, you know, point blank. Um, and so performance has a ton of variables that go into it that, that will allow you to be more successful or less successful. And so being aware of the mental side of it, the physical side of it, uh, the emotional side of it, you know, those are, that's all parts of performance. And so, um, you know, I have to be able to kind of differentiate between which one of those three is, uh, is kind of inhibiting the athlete's ability to perform. And, and in doing so, then direct them into the, the correct arenas and, and the correct people correct way that they can go and uh, and get the help that they need and be able to perform mm-hmm. in the manner that they want to because ultimately that's what they want like they they want to be successful they work really really hard at it you know 24 7 it's and it's something that they they, they truly um, seek and, and and love to do and when they're not capable of doing that yeah it changes your mood a little bit so just kind of being aware is, is a huge thing all right let's move on to um what sports this spring are you most excited for? Uh, good question. Um, you know, and I think for me what's neat is because of, of my role, I don't have just one sport, you know, that I am with 24-7. And I don't have a whole lot of um, involvement with the other sports, you know, just like just this morning. Is, is there like a sport that, like, I would just throw out baseball because I didn't play it collegiately? But is it, is it kind of like, does it feel experimental a little bit or, or does it feel more interesting because you didn't maybe play that collegiately? What, what on the baseball side of things, I was just very ignorant of how the game was played. I, I didn't, I didn't, I understand, I understand athletics. Yeah. I understand athletic performance. So I can train you know, any athlete. I feel very confident in that um, for the demands that are going to be placed on them. But as far as like the intricacies of the game and how you know how coaches th- how coaches are thinking how yeah. how a hitter's thinking what a pitcher's doing maybe this infielder I I had no idea yeah. you know, and I'm just gonna be honest so when I was in, you know when I was in the dugouts I'm soaking up it's just information mm-hmm. right and so it's, it it just brings a whole different perspective to and to my ability to watch the game and appreciate the game um, and so that's been really fun process for me I really enjoy it and. And it's and it's and I learn every year. I mean, every year I learn something uh, different, or, or you know, a, a different way of, of doing this, or why they did that. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I get to ask those questions, and Coach Malone's phenomenal at kind of putting up with my ignorance of it. And, <laughs> and Coach Marty, when there's pitching situations, and I'm kind of asking questions later on, kind of what's going on, and, and the guys always kind of take me under their wings. Uh-huh, yeah. Anything too silly when I'm out there. So <laughs> yeah. It's always really fun. And then you know, we got basketball rocking and rolling, and you know, women's basketball rocking and rolling, and that's kind of. In the meat of the conference season now, and and uh, you know on that note, last night in the Dugan was absolutely phenomenal, oh, yeah. man. Like the the student turnout and just the enthusiasm, uh, yeah, it was nice, unreal, man. And that's that's why we do what we do. That's why those guys, you know, bust their butts so hard twenty four seven, and and we 
so greatly appreciate all of that. And we, and we want to keep that going. We want to have, you know, everybody that's here on campus, we want them to have that opportunity to enjoy that type of environment and see what it's like to really be engulfed by collegiate athletics and the, and the emotions that, that, go, that occur with it. Even, we, even though we weren't successful last night, um, I still think it was an opportunity for uh, us as a uh, university community to come, yeah, come, come together, together. On, a, um, on an evening that uh, you know, we can appreciate what collegiate athletics is all, is all about. So that's, that's really fun and, and going through that. And then, you know, I'm training my softball girls this morning, and bright and early, and they're heading out to Lafayette. So they're getting started. That's exciting to watch that process. They work crazy hard. The demands on them are unreal and, and what they're, they're capable of doing and handling. And, that's a travel they, they, lot. Yeah, yeah. They they started. They're, they're road warriors this year, man. Road warriors. So if they're on campus, come out because they won't be here that often. Um, and uh, but you know, part of that was, you know, to give us a better opportunity to be really successful um, later on in the year and give us a, a better opportunity to really step into the conference, uh, you know, the conference part of the of the schedule that we'll be, you know, very prepared to go out and, uh, and make some waves. And then soccer's in uh, in off season right now, but they got a few games here in the spring. And so kind of working through that, but you know, that I think, you know, back to my original point and because I get to have my hands in so many things, like you know, I, covered, I covered indoor volleyball this morning. Those girls are working crazy hard and our beach is getting ready to rock and roll, track and track track, starting up, rock right? and rolling indoor and outdoor. And so it's just, you know, heck, I'm probably forgetting somebody. There's always somebody in there and, and, uh -huh. the, and the kids, are, they're always so respectful and they always appreciate and, they just they get what we're asking them to yeah. do, and they value it, and that's important to me. Um, because if they value what I'm asking them to do, in a sense, I feel like they're valuing me yeah. as a person, and, and how much I really do care about um, their growth, and uh, and so that's exciting. And so when any of these sports get to begin into their competition phase, all the things that they've been kind of preparing for, it's yeah. exciting. And I mean, and, and you can't really place one above the other because you I've seen from our you know, cheer and dance girls that come in and get after it, you know, whenever they can and they're performing at halftime to, you know, to our cross country kids that are training um, over in the garage. At, it's like, it's like its, its own different crowd. It's, yeah. You know, it's, I miss it too, you know, yeah. right? Yeah. It's fun being a part of that because it's a different excitement to yeah. it. Yeah, it's a whole different environment. You know? So, you know, all those kids deserve as much praise as, as they could get and all those kids deserve all of our support. And, uh, and that's why each and every one of those opportunities is extremely exciting. So uh, I can't particularly say that one is, I'm, I'm going to say one is more than the other because yeah. they all hold a little bit different weight, but in, in a, in a little bit. Uh -huh. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Uh, well, let's get into, I have I have one current event, and then I'm going to throw another one at you, but you'll think it's kind of funny because I, I, just, I just saw this the other day. But um, how do you feel about Gillette's new ad campaign? where they, they talked about toxic masculinity and uh, it was just a new commercial. Um, the ad is called We Believe and it, it kind of centers around uh, the Me Too movement. Um, I think I watched it last time before. I'm trying to go back and remember because I legitimately have not seen it since then. Uh, but I think what I kind of remember from it is that there were, A, that, you know, it's still at, like, you know, it's a shaving company um, and so they might have kind of tried to take a, a step outside of their boundaries a little bit and take a chance, which you know, marketing individuals would do that for a certain Yeah, content. I think it's fine because they, they got a lot of buzz talking yeah. about it. So, 
and that's what you're supposed to do. Sold more razors. Yeah, yeah. sold more. more. At least people talking yeah. about it, right? You know. Um, and and I think that the or my opinion on it would be, that, you know, probably the intent was to try and, and encourage every one of us to be a little bit better to to each individual we encounter, right? Like to know that do a little bit better job when we come when it comes to interactions and when it comes to understanding um, each individual and, and not devaluing them before we ever know anything about them or not devaluing them ever because you know their their value is not ours to judge period point blank you know and uh, you know doing it through a commercial maybe was a little risque you might say but um, I, you know that, that's kind of where they went with it and um, your hope is that you know that in doing that that people didn't Take offense that they were trying to you know, feed off of the other movement, which was you know extremely important and, and very empowering. And, and there's always the the negative side of things where people yeah. don't like the ad or whatever. Exactly. But gonna, I think it's a movement in the right direction because yeah. at least you know people are thinking of, thinking about this, and even though there's there's controversy about it. Um, there's negativity. There's two sides to it. What have you? At least um, a company is doing this, right? Yeah, you know, and that's I think that's the key, man. It's like you can look at it from any different perspective, and I think one of the most important things about this entire thing is that you know you don't devalue someone else's perspective. Like it's 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 their opinion. They're kind of entitled to have it as long as it's not you know damaging or hurtful towards other. Individuals, um, and so I, I think that's kind of where it, you know, where it lies. You know, I don't think there's any more to it, and, and we can create so much more out of it. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, it's just kind of us wasting our breath. If, if there's so many other things, um, important things that can be talked about and discussed, and you know, aside from a, a commercial, but at the end of the day, like you just you need to just treat people as people. They're people, man. They come, they, they've been put on this earth um, and created, in, you know, perfectly in the image of, of who they need to be um, and, and what they're here to do. And, uh, and, and just kind of understanding that and just loving them, loving them, you know, love and, and, uh, and just giving them uh, the opportunity to be who they're called to be and then love them through that process. Well, uh, here's my my curveball. Uh, <laughs> that, that was pretty curveball. Cool. Um, I don't know if you heard about the guy in Colorado that was uh, running uh, along uh, some trail, nature trail, and uh, he got attacked by a mountain lion. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, and uh, he survived. That's awesome. Yeah, by he. I mean, awesome that he got attacked, but he had to fight the mountain lion. He um, the story said he had choked the mountain lion out. Whoa. Yeah. So, what? so, <laughs> what would you do in that situation? Well, hopefully, I was that guy. Yeah. 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 Strong, I mean, how ever. do you, you can't, he couldn't scare it away, apparently. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen some different stuff. I think, you know, like Animal Planet's like a phenomenal channel. So, I like to watch some of that stuff. I've seen some of those, like, when animals attack kind of things. And, you know, end of the day, like, they're animals and you're in their environment. And if something like that occurs, it happened because they saw you as you know prey. They saw you, that mountain lion saw that as an opportunity as prey. Now, there's a lot of different uh, philosophies and go, that goes into why that might have happened. You know, it could have been injured. It could have been protecting something. And 
you know, vice versa. But in the day, that individual was in that that animal's environment, and that animal acted like an animal, <laughs> right? Uh, the fact that he was survived is great. Like you don't want to ever have any, you know, that happen, obviously. But uh, I think that's that goes in that kind of fight or flight mentality, right? Yeah. That that's you know put in that's been you know, ingrained in us, you know, since we were, since our creation and, and since we were put on this earth and given that opportunity to live. Uh, I'm just surprised that he was able to fight. Yeah, I yeah, think he'd been he running for hours, and, dude. And yeah. that, I think it just it goes back to kind of what we talked about early on is, uh, you know, our uh, our bodies are crazy, right? Like, we're capable of way more than we would ever ha- imagine, right? Like, you hear of these stories of people lifting cars off other people and holding their breath and swimming down, you know, and doing all types of things that, you know, when when it comes time, you know, kind of the, the reach the road kind of yeah. you know, mentality there – Something's got to give, and if you've got enough, if you've got enough fight in you, hopefully you're not the one to give. And uh, and that's kind of what we try to instill in our kids is that you know when sports is occurring, stuff's gonna get pretty tough, yeah. and you're gonna have to you're gonna have to fight. You're gonna have to find a way that, um, regardless of what's going on around you, you can dig deep within within you and, and rely on the process that you've went through and the, and the training that's occurred um, and the opportunity that's right there at that moment. That you're not gonna let it slip away, and uh, in that guy's case, he, his life wasn't was in the balance, and he wasn't he wasn't gonna let it slip away, you know. And uh, so I, I think uh, I think that's I mean philosophically, that's what I would take from it, right? Like we're just you gotta you gotta fight for it, you know, every day. And his fight that day happened to be against a mountain lion. <laughs> so, so thankfully, you know, yeah, yeah. Thankfully, we don't have to go through that. You know, mountain lions attacking us all over the place, but. Uh, yeah, that's uh, pretty crazy to be honest. Pretty crazy, good for him. I think that's a good note to end on. Uh, I feel pretty good about this good. trial too. <laughs> uh, awesome. Hopefully all right, that was episode up. four of Izzy's Backyard. Thank you, Coach Scott, for joining me. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. For more news and updates, check out islandwaves.com and also download the Island Waves app from Apple App Store or Google Play Market. Subscribe to the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes.